uh, and the organization a uh, $5,000 check on, on behalf of my two grandchildren, Amanda and A.J. Lambert, because they're healthy. <laughs> you do that one more time, we're going to buy the furniture. <laughs> Listen, I have, a, <laughs> I have a friend who loves what you do every year and who just wanted to come out and say, would you send my friend out, please? Okay, where, okay, where is he? We just turn him out here. Come here. I think it's about time, don't you? And thank you. Yeah, I think it's about time. We, well, we go. Should have been a beauty, did it? We could whip the world without the guns of Navarro. There they are, folks. I don't know. How you been? <laughs> you know, it seems like uh, we, we haven't seen each the... other uh, for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there was all those rumors about our breaking up, and then when I started the show and you weren't here, I believed it. Show you guys to your room if you like. The lights are out upstairs, so follow me. Oh, he drinks a lot. This kid. Uh, so you working? I work six weeks a year at the, the Megum. The Megum. <laughs> and six days I do a roast. And would you excuse us a minute? <laughs> I want to see the wires who are all right here. <laughs> Gee, it's nice to see you. No, no, I'm no. over here. Hi. No, I was, I had to, I had to come in because I, I had to, you know, I had to go and this was the closest place. <laughs> you always have to go. I always drink, you know. <laughs> everybody, Dave Juskow podcast, Dave Juskow with you on an all-new year. That's right. I mean, according to the Jewish calendar, it's almost a new year. I always consider the day after Labor Day or the time after Labor Day as the new year. Yeah, that's right. My calendar works from September to September. I mean, January is nice and everything, but I always try and get everything ready to go because, uh, you know, you want to be all cleaned up and ready to go and you're, you place a... Uh, you know, clean out everything by September 1st and get ready. Everybody goes back to work and stuff. It's not like Christmas where you have so much nonsense and New Year's and you're not concentrating on everything. This is the time of the year to renew and refresh, which is what the Hebrew calendar is apparently all about, even though, uh, you know, religion is the root of all evil. How about that? So the Jerry Lewis telethon clip up front, the time where Dean Martin met Jerry Lewis, uh, Frank Sinatra rebought them together in the 70s after a 20-year absence. That's what we played up front because it is Labor Day when I'm taping this. I'm taping this on Monday, Labor Day. And I just got off the phone with David Tell, who has called me every Labor Day since we've been friends since 1987. 
so we can comment and talk and he can make the funniest things you've ever heard in your life, which I give anything to remember about Jerry Lewis and the telethon. The Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon was part of my life and all of our lives for, you know, 50 years or maybe whatever over. And now I don't even think it's on at all anymore. I know they cut it down to three hours and they cut it down to an hour. But uh, Joetel was calling today and he was talking about it. And I'm like, why is he talking about it? I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot. The telethon. The telethon. Telethons are such an afterthought nowadays. You know, nobody needs to really do that anymore. You can make money for, you know, Houston, Texas. And apparently over like three days, you can make a billion bucks and just uh, give it away. That's like J.J. Watt from the Houston uh, Texans did to support the people in Houston, who hilariously uh, might have moved there from uh, New Orleans after Katrina. And if you don't think that's funny, you'd be mistaken. Because whenever I think my life is bad, if you're put out and forced to evacuate out of your home and you lose all your possessions and then you move to another place and then get wiped out again, well, maybe my life's not so bad. Because then I, I really think God truly hates you. Or you've done something seriously wrong in your past life. Maybe I, I got to reevaluate everything. Because I got to say, I was very, very depressed. The reason I'm doing the podcast today it was the strangest thing. I haven't done anything all weekend. I've been very depressed. Obviously, still missing my cat, but, you know, whatever. And I've been very down. And this weekend was no exception. It was just like, it's like I would have done like a day like today anyway with my cat. But I just wouldn't have recognized you know anything without her anyway what are we talking about but um the point i was very, very down i'm like i gotta snap out of it i gotta snap out of it. so finally yesterday i went out for some coffee i felt a little better and then this morning i said i'm gonna get up early i'm gonna get some coffee i'm gonna like today will be a grooming day which i usually do on tuesdays but tomorrow i'm doing judy gold's podcast at like 10 30 in the morning uh because you know i i, I don't i don't like to do anything tuesday mornings but it's the right thing to do she's doing my show i want to return the favor if that if anybody considers me being on their podcast a favor, then it's fine with me. Uh, I was very nervous about Judy not, for some reason, canceling on Greece. Now, remember, Judy is one of the ones who, I don't know if you know Judy Gold, but she's awesome. And she was one of the ones like, Jessica, what the fuck? What are you going to put me on your podcast? This is bullshit. No, I'm, I'm sorry. One of your shows. One of your shows. So she's like really angry. So I put her on the show. And then when I sent out the email to everybody with the script, I hadn't heard from her. And then I'm like, hello, you're the only one I haven't heard from. Is everything okay? She goes, no, everything is not okay. Can you do my podcast? And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is she doing the show? Is she not? The, what does that mean? But she's, do, uh, you know, I assume she's doing the show. We'll find out tomorrow. I can't imagine she would have me on the podcast and say, David, this is why I can't do your show. That would be really piss me off. But I don't think that's the case. I'm sure she's still in. And that is, um, you know, a week from tomorrow when taping this or a week from today when this comes out, Grease Live. September 12th at the Comedy Cellar at the Village Underground, Greece, September 12th. That's next Tuesday. I think I'm prepared script-wise, uh, cast-wise. Still got to get somebody to open the show. I'm a little nervous because, you know, the time, I, I, I can't have anybody do too much time because, you know, I think we're going to run a little long. I'm pretty good with the songs. Um, just a little worried, you know, I'm always worried about losing my voice because that's what happens when I scream and yell too much. But in this, I don't know if it's not like the Godfather where I'm doing the waltz character where I'm definitely going to lose my voice, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but with this, the only song I'm worried about is you're the one that I want because it's a little too high register for me. I need it to be bought down, uh, to the next key. Because that one really starts, you know. I got chills, I'm multiplying, and I'm losing control. Which that part maybe I can say, even though it sounds horrible now. It sounds like a you know a cat dying actually. Uh, but it's the next part that uh, seems to be problematic. So <laughs> look at me, that's classic. I'm already losing my voice by singing that part. Oh, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I tell you. I drank on Friday, but that's got to be the last day of drinking because the drinking is what, you know, causes trouble. But the problem is, I mean, I could not drink for an, a whole week like I'm not going to, and I'm still going to lose my voice because God hates me. And everything I do, we end up losing my voice, and that stinks. Now, maybe there's ways I can go about not losing it, but I don't know those ways, and I think it's stress, paranoia, psychosomatic stuff. 
that makes me lose it. So I'm expecting to lose it, and I don't care. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? This is what happens to me. I just have to do the best I can with the tools that I have. And the tools that I have are really nothing. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I've lost track. Anyway, it's Labor Day. It's a stupid day. I'm going to have lobster tonight, you know, which is what I usually do with Kenny and Jody. That's, you know, at least I have that to look for. It's like, you know, Friday, I'm just like, well, I'll have Monday. I mean, I'm just sitting around watching TV. It's a disaster. And I was just thinking to myself, my God, of all the time I have wasted in my life. But the, the thing is like, well, what else was I going to do? So maybe I just hang around with other people. I mean, it's still a time waste. What am I supposed to be doing? I guess when you're not happy in your existence or, or your career, you're just like everything is a time waste, which is why, I mean, I've always felt that way. Like uh, my sister asked me to go babysit my nephew uh, in a couple weekends. And I'm like, no, no, that's a time waste. But what is it a time waste? Because at home, I'm going to be doing something productive. At least this podcast is a little productive. So today I went out and got coffee and then I started doing like a suicide letter. Like, I mean, I'm just saying like I was uh, pretending uh, what it would be like if I left a suicide letter on a, as a podcast. And then I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Let's just do the podcast. Obviously, I feel like talking. I'm all coffeeed up and I'm ready to go. So I said, let's just do the podcast. Because, I, you know, I, I, I do like putting it out on Mondays. I can't deny, but um, I like recording it on Wednesdays. But I guess I don't like recording it every Wednesday. Plus, I wanted to get a guest. I, I mean, I like when Memo comes on the show the week before we do the live show. And then I like to be by myself after the live show so I can, you know, make fun of everybody in the cast. And then I like to air the show. So, I mean, that's usually the thing. But whatever, it's two alone things, and then we'll figure out stuff in October because September seems busy. I don't know. It seems busy. So what am I worried about that I get to spend uh, time alone? It's just stupid. I'm just watching TV. I feel like I should at least be playing like a video game or something and going further like in an Xbox or something. But I don't know. I stopped playing that Batman one, and now they have a new Batman. Maybe that's better. Maybe that, maybe that was the problem. I just didn't care for this particular Batman and quite frankly, I didn't care for it. The Batmobile wasn't working for me in whatever uh, one that was. I like the Riddler challenges. I don't know why I'm not playing it. I think it's because I know when I turn on the Xbox, it's going to have to do like a bunch of updating because I, I don't need to turn it on anymore for Netflix because I got Netflix on that Amazon Fire Stick. So I haven't had to turn it on. So once you're like ready to play, it takes like 20 minutes just to set up. I wouldn't mind getting that Madden... Uh, NFL one this year, maybe. I have an old one from like 10 years ago, maybe even more. With I think with Brett Favre on the cover, but not as a Jet. Yeah, I think it's his last year as a Packer, and then he became a Jet, even though his cover, yeah. And I remember they said, well, if you go online, you know, it'll update, but I wasn't online. Like, my Xbox wasn't online at that time. Now, it's a great story. Boy, what a podcast. I'm an idiot. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to I got to get out of this funk. Maybe I will. Let's just go with it. You know, just like like uh after we left on Thursday on Thursday night last Wednesday when I recorded Thursday the next Thursday I went out with this girl. She's really pretty. Just broke up with her boyfriend. So I'm like, well, I don't know. But you know how it is. It's like you just meet and you're like excited and 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 you go out with somebody and then you realize that they're insane. They're insane. Now I know I don't want to. I don't want to be picky. I don't want to be choosy because I don't have that luxury anymore, uh, or or ever. Um, but you know, it's just like well, she's always going to be complaining about how much vodka there is in her drink all the time. Is that? I mean, I I guess it is being a little picky. But there's a little craziness to it too. She's picking out all these um, girls she might like like that she finds attractive. I'm like, what? If I did that on a date, isn't that rude? Isn't that rude? It's the same way. Which she thinks that's. And that's the question. Does she think that turns me on? Is that the plan? Or does she think of me as a friend and that's why she's saying it? Whatever it is, it's rude. Don't point out other girls because I'm not saying that enough. If I'm with you, I'm focused on you. I'm never going to say when I'm with a girl, oh, my God, that girl's so hot because that's rude. So if you're saying that to me and if you think it's turning me on, I still think it's rude. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Is that old-fashioned? I don't think so. No, it's rude. It's like talking on your cell phone. It's the same thing. It's, um, what was the other day that I was saying I wish you, oh, it was, I, I was out with this girl and, and she, and I think we talked about it and she was just 
constantly talking about you know the dogs that walk by talk, constantly talking to the dogs that walk talking to the dogs oh look at the little and then and and playing with them and you know we're eating and the dogs are in our food and everything and 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 you know like at that point i was like you know what i'd prefer if you were just looking at your cell phone the whole time because that's what usually happens you know when i'm with somebody they're just looking at their cell phones all the time and i always put mine away unless i'm expecting that person to join us, then I'll keep an eye out for it. And I normally put it away. You know, I go to lunch with my friend Caitlin all the time, and all she is is looking at her phone, talking on the phone. I just sit there, and I'm just used to it, I guess. I mean, that's what everybody does. That's, that's what, uh, uh, I don't know, all these agents and managers I have dinner with or whatever, they're always on their phone. Talk. I mean, what could they be talking about all the time? I, I guess they're busy, and that, that's their lives. But, you know, it's just, it's just kind of rude, right? But I'm used to it, so I just kind of go with the flow. Or maybe, you know, it's me. I, I just don't have a lot going on, so I just don't care. And, you know, I have plans for the night, and that's that. So that next night, that uh, Saturday night, was the fight. You know, McGregor, um, Mayweather. And I got to say, I, I think it lived up to the hype. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was really good. So I went out to dinner with... Uh, Dave Rath from uh, remember this was the one he had to put together he's the producer of Crashing he had to put together because I had to pay his tab last week so uh, we had to, me, him and Artie and Dan Filato and uh, we had a lovely time really fun, ate a lot, drank a little um, and it was really really fun and then we were going back to my place to watch the fight and Artie, of course, said uh, they Dan got him a hotel right near the restaurant, which is like by my house. I didn't even know there was a hotel there. And Artie's like, I'm just going back to the hotel. I'll see you soon. Now, for me, I know he's not coming over, which I was actually surprised this time because, you know, I figured he actually wanted to watch the fight. But I don't know. So Dan came over two rounds in. Dan gets the call. Uh, you know, whatever it was this time. Artie needs something. Where's the nearest 24 hour Dwayne Reed? I'm like, it's this way. And. I almost had everything he needed, uh, you know, like a, uh, I need a white chocolate bow and arrow set. I'm like, oh, I have that. Like, I missed one thing. I didn't have a Band-Aid or something. Something happened, and I believe it. It's just, you know, it's always something that happened. So Dan wasn't able to watch the fight, and Artie never came over. And I don't know. He might have gone to the cellar afterwards. So who, who knows what his story is. But I always feel bad for Dan because he doesn't really get to do anything. But he knows how it is. He doesn't complain or anything. He's not like, God damn it. He's never like that. And he's always like, whatever Artie needs. And. He takes care of Artie, and Artie needs taken care of. So, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, I was here with the other guys, and uh, Russman Eve came up. The fight was over already. I'm like, why is he? He's like, uh, he's like coming up at like one o'clock. The fight was like way over already. Uh, but I won money again because I had them going over eight and a half rounds, and it went to ten. So I won like a hundred dollars. You know, I also by accident put so that uh, McGregor was going to knock him down in seven rounds. That was an accident. I put that in by accident. I was looking how much it would be, and then the food came, and I accidentally pressed continue, so that was a disaster. Uh, but I thought the fight was really good and really entertaining, and I thought it was actually worth the money. I mean, not technically worth the money that I paid, which I'm going to try and uh, get out of because, you know, I have a lot of problems with my uh, with Fios, and I think they should take that off the bill, and that'll make me feel better. And, of course, you know, with uh, you know Dave uh, calling me, and telling me that I had to pay his bill and the fight. I, I'm still out $200 uh, just from this guy's one call last Monday. So that still bothers me. That Before the fight, though, I went out with my... See, it's weird. Like last weekend, I was like really busy. It was the exact opposite of this weekend. I bought my niece and her friend into the city because, you know, she just went to uh, college this weekend. So I figured, you know, we go one last thing. And they wanted to go to this bakery, Levon Bakery or something. Something where they have massive cookies. And then I realized I'd been there before. I'd never heard of it before, but then I'd been there before. It's on the Upper West Side. And we went to brunch. And then we went to the planetarium. Now, I hadn't been to the planetarium in years. At the planetarium, they still stink. They have this really great setup, but it's too informational. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson talking, and he's telling you about the universe, and this particular bit is in dark matter. They should have that every hour and then every other hour just have a laser show with lights that's all anyone wants to see have the stars have the planets too much talking just put some music they used to have those laser shows they might as well do them in the daytime too i don't know why you have to do them at night it's the same thing 
uh, I think they waste that planetarium. I love that it's a teaching tool, but I think you'd make a lot more money if you really just kind of used it what it was for. People getting high and just watching cool things for 20 minutes in a, you know, in a darkened room in a chair. So, and of course, I was sitting next to some dumb twad who was coughing up a storm. It's like, you cannot win. At my office, these people are hacking like I've never heard hacking before. When I get a cold, I have a cold and I cough. I, I don't understand what's happening. These people are disgusting, and, and they seem to never get better, which is really um, not cool. Uh, one of the guys we, I met through Dave Rath was this guy, Roger, and he's friends with Rachel Butera, who I just friended on Facebook, and she's the one, I don't know if you've heard on Howard, she does all those amazing imitations like uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Wanda Sykes and stuff. I'm thinking about maybe asking her to do the the podcast when I go out to L.A. because, um, boy, she's really good at those imitations, you know. And uh, I, you know, I wish she lived in New York so she could be on Howard more and do it more because she's really talented at it. You know, when you meet a girl, uh, a person that does imitations that really well, it's kind of great. Like that girl who's on Saturday Night Live who does that amazing Sarah Silverman and Owen Wilson imitation. Melissa Vanessa, whatever Spanish name it is. Anyway, that uh, Sunday night after the fight, uh, I went out to dinner with uh, Sarah Silverman and her boyfriend, Michael Sheen, and Dave again, and Wayne Fetterman, great comedian and writer. Uh, always good to see him. And of course, what were they all in town? They're all in town for crashing. Isn't that just great? They're all in town for crashing. Everybody's doing crashing. Not Sarah, but, uh, you know, Wayne was doing crashing. And, and then they get mad at me. They're like, oh, Dave's mad because he's not in crashing. And Sarah's like, you know, you should be so good. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. You don't know how it is. You know, it's worked out for you. To, you know, you've been a star for 30 years. Just relax. You have no idea. Shut up. They're like, they're, they're like mad at me because I'm angry about crashing. I'm just giving them shit. I mean, it does suck, but I'm giving them shit. And they're like making, they're making shit like I'm an asshole for being upset that I'm not in this season. Fuck you. They have no idea how important that is to people. They have no idea. They think, you know, it's a, it's a, they just live different kind of lives. They just don't understand. It's like, you know, it's like the, you know, sour people that, you know, hate Trump so much and they're just like, so angry about everything. Meanwhile, like we've talked about on the podcast before, their lives aren't affected. Our lives are affected by different presidents. The rich people like her or whatever in Hollywood, they, their lives aren't affected. How are they affected? I don't know. Enough of that. Enough of that nonsense. By the way, I went on uh, Tom Shalhoub's Fox News uh, radio show last week, which was really fun, talking about the fight. Went on the Friday before Tom Shalhoub's uh, Red Eye podcast and a radio show, live radio show with Collins and stuff. And some guy goes up. He goes, "Now I don't understand why we're talking about the fight. We were here to talk about Hillary Clinton. Uh, I mean, what's the matter with people? It's a three-hour show. It, it, it's a Friday in the last half hour of the show. You can't mix it up a little bit. People are crazy. How long can you talk about Trump and and why? Who's still talking about Hillary Clinton? My God." No, you want to just mix it up a little, you know? I mean, that's the best part about the sports shows. Mike Francesa does a show and with Mike and the Mad Dog. He used to be on from 1 to 6.30. He's still on from 1 to 6.30. You can't talk about sports for five and a half hours, five days a week. Sometimes you got to talk about music, and they sometimes they talk about The Godfather. Sometimes they talk about Fleetwood Mac or whatever because you got to mix it up sometimes. So if somebody comes in, why aren't we talking about sports? You're an asshole, and you don't know how the show works. My God, you got to mix it up sometimes. That's why you like a personality on a radio show because they do mix it up and you want to hear more about what they like and that makes them, you like them more if they like what you like because you like the same things. Oh, I'm all over the place today because I don't know what I'm doing. I just know this. And then, you know, when Sarah comes to town, I told you my, my, my days are all messed up. Meanwhile, you know, Michael Sheen's in town because his kid's going to college and everything. I don't know. Everybody's moving into school. My sister's now moving uh, the other kid into school. Everybody's moving into college. You know, it's one of those things. It's great. It's like you just feel a little old because everybody's going to school. But then you're also like, wait, I'm not doing anything. I don't know. It's like, but it is crazy. You know, can you imagine still going to school? Like, um, keep thinking, you know, my niece was lucky. She's going with like one of her best friends. And that's her roommate. 
I mean, how easy is that to, um, you know, move on? I remember when we were first going to school, you don't know who your roommate is. You're hoping they're not going to be black. I'm just saying this. I know that sounds horribly racist, but I'm saying that's the way it was. The terror, if you lived in New Jersey, you might get a black roommate. Nowadays, I don't think people care at all, which is a miracle. So if you don't think things have progressed, then you're crazy. They progress little by little, but the fact that my nieces don't care if they got a black roommate is that's if you don't think that's progress, then you're insane because uh, it didn't used to be like that. And you hope and, and all you're doing is you just want it to be October already. You just want it to be October and and you just want to be there for a month already, you know, and move on and get into your groove. And I remember, you know, that's the thing. But I got lucky, too, because I had a friend from high school who was living like a couple floors above me. It was a girl. And thank God she was there. You know, we weren't that friendly in high school, but when we went, now we're like very good friends. And, you know, when she went to school, it was a, that was a big deal that she was there. You know, somebody I'm talking about, you know, a next door neighbor who moved there. Very pretty. I'm still best friends with her freshman roommate who, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've never had on the podcast, but we talk about her sometimes. And this podcast is, I feel like it's going nowhere. I feel like I'm boring myself. I got to relax and move on. What else are we talking about today? I apologize, everybody. I don't know where I, I you know, I, you know, when I do these things over the weekend, I'm not technically prepared. So I feel like I'm, I'm uh, basically what I was going to talk about is when, I don't know where I got off on the stupidest of tangents, but uh, I, Wednesday and Thursday, I didn't think I had any plans, right? So I'm trying to eat better, but I went out to lunch. I had Chipotle on Wednesday because I'm like, I'm not doing anything after. So I'll eat light when I go home. Then I get a call. It's always the last minute. I get the call from Sarah, and she's like, hey, we're going out for dinner. Uh, do you want to come? And I'm like, God damn it. Can't you people? I'm like walking out the building. I'm like, fine. I'll go. Uh, I get in the cab. I go down there. Of course, it's always down there. We went to this place called the Waverly, which I'd never been to, which is really nice. A little too fancy for their own good. I thought the food there stunk. But, um, you know, again, it's like a full meal and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, geez, I just had a full lunch. And then the next day, I have a chicken parm sandwich because I know I'm just going home after. And her manager calls and said, hey, do you want to do Joe Shanghai today? Because we love that Chinese way because we can't go there with Sarah. And I'm like, God damn it. I just walked out. Why can't you tell me this a day in advance so I can plan to have a lighter lunch? So I'm so fat right now. It's disgusting. And I can't resist it, Joe Shanghai. You know I'm going to have the soup dumplings and then I have a dish. Meanwhile, her manager is getting so upset because I ordered my own dish. Everybody likes to share with Chinese food. Well, I, I know exactly what I want there, so I'm going to order whatever you want. I'll share some. My God, she gets so angry, so crazy, and we had to go in. You know, you got to get this woman, her agent, who was very nice, but you got she you got to get her a proper drink. I took her to this place, and she's like, no, this isn't for me, and I got to get her a wine bar. So I got a friend who works at this place, so we went there, and, uh, you know, that was the perfect place. But she was on the phone the entire time while we were drinking. I know she's got to figure stuff out and do stuff, but, you know, that's so rude. You're just sitting there. But I'm so used to it. It doesn't matter. I just sit there and I'm watching the TV and I'm having a drink while the uh, person's on the phone. That's what they do. And that's the worst part about hanging out with, like, you know, Sarah and her manager or whatever. They're all talking. I've told you about this before in the pocket. They're all talking about the great things they're doing. It is just a slap in the face every goddamn time. Do you remember I told you this like two years ago? I'll never forget. They were talking like, okay, let's go over your calendar right now because there was an issue. They're not doing it to be a dick to me. They're just doing it to do it. They were having some problem like, well, then let's just go over your calendar now since we've messed this up. All right. Tomorrow you're having dinner with Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Tomorrow you're having dinner with Al Gore. The next day, you're working on your HBO special. It, it was just like nonstop. And then remember, I went over. I, I go, I got to take this call. It's Mike Bichetti calling me, and I, I got to take it. It, it. It's just a slap in the face every time. So, like, why would I ever want to hang out with them? It just reminds me of what a complete loser I am. But, um, you know, the other times when they're not doing that, it's usually really fun. And talking to Michael Sheen, you know, there I was, and I'm telling him about our scenario where we're talking about Sigourney Weaver and aliens and how they're talking about Wonder Woman and they leave her off. But he gets, you know, sometimes you forget, and I forget this all the time. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like this. It's like, it, it's like Midnight in Paris, you know, with Woody Allen. And, you gotta, and he's sitting there and, going, and she goes, yes, Michael was in that. 
And then I have to pretend like, like I'm, I mean, I know he was in it, but I completely forgot. It's so weird when you're sitting there with a the guy who's in most of the movies you're talking about and then not talking about, you know, he gets very upset. So it's like, so she's like, he was in it. I'm like, uh, uh, duh. You know, you got to catch yourself somehow. You got to be an actor yourself and be like, um, I know I was getting to that. Of course, it was my favorite scene where he's like correcting the, uh, the guide, which is one of my favorite scenes, Michael. <laughs> It's just so funny. Meanwhile, I come home and I see he's in that new Reese Witherspoon movie. I don't know what part he plays, but, you know, he's a lovely guy. But, uh, you know, I love talking about acting in front of him, but he probably thinks I'm an idiot because I don't know what I'm talking about. And then Amy was talking about like, oh, it's great when you play multiple characters. We're talking about that guy from The Blacklist um, who plays multiple characters. He doesn't like when people play multiple characters in one show. He likes to play multiple characters in movies. He just has a difference of opinion. But technically, we really don't know what we're talking about because he actually is in the movie. So we're all just talking shit. I mean, it is kind of fascinating where you're like, and let me tell you something, and Frost Nixon, this is the grace. She goes, yeah, Michael was in. I'm like, I know, <laughs> of course. And I don't even know the countless amount of movies I probably mentioned that he was in where he's just, he's keeping his mouth shut. It's it's actually quite, um, <laughs> that's quite a feat uh, when you're sitting there like talking about something you're in and you know somebody's not acknowledging it. You know who's good in that movie? Everybody but you. I mean, that's what it sounds like I'm probably saying to him. But, yeah, you keep forgetting, and you can't talk about celebrities. You can't talk because they might be there. You know, you you got to really keep it down, and I always forget sometimes. I forget who I'm with because I'm just thinking of having a normal night. But fascinating stuff, just fascinating. And then Friday I went out with some people from where I didn't know what to do. I keep wanting to go to the cellar and hang out there, but I never go. And then I hung out with some people from work. I went to Bryant Park, and then we went out for dinner. So. And I was just like, why am I hanging out with people from work? I mean, it's nice, but it's, I, don't, I still feel like an idiot. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I really just don't know. But um, I do know this. I, and I know, again, we were talking about Labor Day, so I was just telling a tell. I just said, um, if you're going to do anything, this Labor Because this is the best part. When Howard Stern has been playing clips on his thing about Jerry Lewis and the telethon, yelling at that guy, Lee. Yelling at this guy, Lee. I thought we had the thing, and, he, and he's yelling. It only reminds me of the amazing Martin Short doing Jerry Lewis on the Champs de Alessis, whatever it is, on the French thing. I mean, he does it flawlessly, just like I heard the clips that Howard was playing. The funniest man in France, Paris Match. Chapman should have been so funny. The Figaro. It's Martin Scorsese's Jerry Lewis live on the Champs Elysees. Yes, Lewis is back, and France has got him. I'm Jerry with a J. What a joy and a thrill and all good stuff it is to be receiving this kind of French ego juice. How are you, Louis? My musical director, Louis LePuce. <laughs> Louis, this is a nice audience. This is a good audience. <laughs> they make me feel good a lot. And I am a tired, tired little boy. <laughs> I love you, you pussy cats. Does anyone mind if I smoke? The bride in the front row with the French bread, do you mind? And the point is, they're terrified of a perfectionist. And if a Jerry Lewis ain't gonna get a distribution deal because of some fakakta 12-year-old with the pimples on his face, who's head of the studio this week, who doesn't know from Hardly Working or The Errand Boy or Cinderella, who only knows from Eva Braun with the big Fohoibans or the airplane smashes, where are you, the public, expected to find the love and the caring and the feeling and the good and the nice. And even if you did, it wouldn't be the good kind because of the difference caused by the earlier thing. Walk on, walk on, a Beckhamor in your heart. Hey, you jamais walk alone. 
Louie, that's a cue. highly recommend like just seeing that um bec- like on youtube because it, it, it's even funnier when you see what's happening when he's doing the serious thing about and uh, when the, the the paramount's a studio and there's a pimply faced kid he's dressed in that sailor's outfit or whatever with the little shorts and the and the tie it's very very genius because uh, he just hits it right and like i said when you're playing those clips and you see jerry and all the biographies that have come out i mean he he just hits it out of the park and in every single way even getting mad at i said uh, lee but it's louis maybe lee was the actual guy i don't know and it's dave thomas as um louis musical director he's a genius and he just starts clapping oh that is good stuff that is good stuff uh good stuff and uh yes yeah and um oh this is something i taped off the tv last night because let me tell you something about Stars Channel, maybe the greatest channel ever. All of August, all they did was play nonstop James Bond, and I can't tell you how much I needed it. So James Bond was on every night, and it's still been on. For some reason, they're still doing it, which is great, so I can catch all the stuff. But here's what I recorded off the TV. This is just so funny. It's just funny that this... That James Bond has been around for so long, you know, over 50 years, I guess. Um, and this is the ending. And it's like one of those endings that seem, you know, and this is before I was born, uh, before a lot of us were born. And it's just like, how old are these movies that they have the the music that sounds askew? And then it just goes right into the, um, this is from Dr. No, the first James Bond movie. Listen to the way the music goes. It's so classic. <laughs> I just like where it all goes at the end. Let's listen again. Wait, and you're like, wait, that I, I should have just played it like, do you know what this is from? You'll never guess what this is from. I mean, why would anybody ever think this is from the ending of a James Bond movie? Until this part comes in. That's the ending to uh, Dr. No. And what I noticed in Dr. No and From Russia With Love, the first two, is that they end up playing that song, you know, the the, the Bond theme, um, you know. You know, just that part where he's walking around doing nothing. He's just walking around his hotel room and they're like, like with no action happening because I think they were just so hot on the, we have the greatest song ever. It's so classic because then as the movies go, Every time there's action, it goes into the Bond theme. You know, when he gets up on water ski. Uh, so it's so awesome. But it's just so funny how old these Bond movies are. That is such, that's, I don't know why it makes me laugh. It just seems like the end of like a Cary Grant movie or something, you know, like uh, some some black and white movie like we always talk about that is just such a bag of crap. What is that one we used to play all the time from like the late show or something, right? Wasn't it? Oh, God, I don't remember. Do I have that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, I do have it. Let me put that in. Don't I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't this it? 
Passover greetings from Channel <laughs> 2. Oh, yeah, it's after this. After this, right? Remember? I knew I remembered the words from... And then as soon as it gets to the movie, you're just like, oh, crap. Passover greetings from Channel 2. Now, here comes the movie. How depressing was this? <laughs> oh my god i'm telling you and that's the best thing is because that just i mean it's it's exactly like uh the bond movie uh thing you know i mean it's it's just so funny that 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 is just like the bond movie one i mean the the the, it, the that was the intro and this is the outro i mean it's like the, the how can this be? How is that a James Bond movie? That's impossible. How old are we? I know it was before we were born. It's just so funny because it's like all based on that one movie. You know, Skyfall and Spectre are all based on the end of that movie and, and what they do. Yeah, remember what about this one? Wait, I got, I got another one. Let's see, what is it? I got the. Uh... Oh, <laughs> well, I definitely have this one. We love this one. Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? You think we better, huh? No, just different. Like Peking duck is different from Russian caviar, but I love them both. Darling, I give you very best duck. Well, that'd be lovely. We have had some interesting times together, Ling. I'll be sorry to go. <laughs> uh, you think we better? This is the one I was talking about. Sean, what do you think you're doing? I'm keeping the British end up, sir. Keeping the British end up, sir. Nobody does it better. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it half as good as you You're the best. Back to 1977. Here's Marvin Hamlish, the Spire Levy Bond 77. When you're skiing down a mountain at 80 miles per hour, you tend not to see who's going behind you with someone in a knife with your back. I can get it right. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You enjoy killing as much as I do. I admit killing you. I know I'm doing uh, Man with the Golden Gun, but just play along. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You enjoy killing as much as I do. I admit killing you would be a pleasure. We are both gentlemen. I doubt you qualify as that. But I accept your challenge. But for now, let's enjoy this lunch knickknack has prepared. It is Bond. 
but it's Bot 77. From the creator of a chorus line, Bot 77. Do you think they were sitting there going like, this chorus line musical is great. Let's get this guy to do this. I really need this job. Please, God, I've got to get this job. Now, 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 now. Yeah, we gotta get him to do the Bond theme. We have to. Tits and ass, orchestra and balcony. Suddenly I'm doing national tour. Da -da -da -da. How can this guy write both of those songs? How is this possible? The man was a genius. He can write the gayest of all gay and the coolest of all cool. If you consider Bomb 77 cool, but let's say it's not cool, but it's cool. Look, the sax. This is more 80s. One singular sensation every little step she takes. I'm watching Cisco Pitter Pat. That I can do that. I can do that. Yes! Bond 77. Going all the way back to 1977. I can't get enough of that voice. I, you know, I love it. Uh, also, I taped something for you today that I've been talking about. When I was here with Dave Rath, um, this is Pete Holmes' manager, big deal. Um, I showed him a clip from The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And you can't really get it when I was uh, doing it. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. But I showed him a clip of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson with Gallagher and Chevy Chase. It must be from 1978 or 9. And Gallagher and Chevy Chase got into a huge fight. Now, Chevy Chase the entire time, like, I'd like to get that footage, but you can't. I, I probably, maybe next time I'll get the footage of Chevy just bombing, bombing. He stinks. The reason why I taped it, because I saw it was Chevy Chase. I'm like, this is when he was in his heyday. Oh, my God, the audience hated him. None of his jokes were working. If he had jokes at all, I mean, he was horrible. And he's promoting the National Humor Test. When I remember as a kid, came out 78, 79. I remember the TV guide that had a little asterisk. And then you look at the asterisk because it made you look. And my dad was like, oh, my God, this is going to be hilarious. And, and then they show a clip from it. It's not hilarious at all. I mean, it was like the worst thing I've ever seen. And then it must have been Gallagher's like first time at the Tonight Show. And, you know, he smashed the watermelon and everything. And to know that guy made a career just as big. But the third guest is um, uh, the girl from The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, Carrera, Barbara Carrera, right? Isn't that her name? The one who married Ringo Starr. And, and she's gorgeous. But apparently the big deal was that she was on the show because he had said that she was going to be the new Charlie's Angels, which she should have been, and she didn't get the part. And uh, it's kind of interesting, let alone that she's American. She was born in Queens. I always thought she was European, too, and she said that was the problem with a lot of people. People thought I was European. I thought she was European. She did a damn good accent in that movie. But listening around the show, you can see she, well, she would have been perfect for Charlie's Angels. She's way hot, and she's a horrible actress. But, um, yeah, so Chevy and Gallagher get into a fight, and you can't, Really tell, I think, this clip, but I'm going to play it anyway. You make a wonderful house guest, Chevy. What did I do? What did I do? You missed the roller skating demo. That must not be easy to do. It's just, it's just not easy on this floor. Of all the places in the world, this is the worst. I'm hot on the street. Gallagher is a jackass, and he's not funny, and... Even when you see a set, he's so unfunny. And when he, it's like the legendary Wid trying to do jokes, and you're like, just like, get back to the goddamn props. And it's just like with this guy, just smash the watermelon already, dummy, because his jokes are horribly unfunny. So Chevy's in this place, where, and we know Chevy Chase is funny, but he's not like funny, funny. But we know he's funny, and you know he's better than Gallagher, and he probably knows it too. And he's just, he's got to sit through this, but. You know, I blame both of them. I mean, Chevy Chase is the Kevin Brennan of our day. Yeah, and especially where the sidewalk gets wide. They're at the corner. I can do you tricks on the corner all night. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy don't like it if somebody else gets a laugh. Yeah, because what Chevy did, he pulled the, uh, you know, you got something on your shirt trick and then hit his nose. 
So he got physical with him, and then and then he's like, Chevy doesn't like when somebody gets a laugh. I mean, he's not getting a laugh, so Chevy's like, what? <laughs> They're backing up Gallagher because Chevy Chase just abused him. Meanwhile, they all know Gallagher stinks. Now Gallagher has put this hat on him. That's the thing. It's kind of visual. But he put this hat with these balls on him where this one ball goes forward. It's so stupid. Chevy's going along with the gag until he gets just too annoyed. You ought to be able to get it. He is pushing Chevy's buttons. Well, for you. <laughs> you're tangled, Chevy. You're hard. Okay, try. You see, he said, you're hard. Meaning like his penis was in his mouth, but it, or it is in his way. He said you're hard, which is really funny, but you can hear the crowd just going, "Oh." Okay, ready? Ready? Hey. Very good. Hey. 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 I didn't think you. Hi. Uh, That's great. That's a great trick. So then everything that you did out there was pretty much set up uh, by machines and stuff. And then he takes that and he throws it in the back. He's so pissed and he's like, "Fuck this guy." Look, they're so mad at Chevy. For some reason, they're on Gallagher's side. It's ridiculous. Gallagher's being a dick, too. Variety is the spice of life. What Why should I, I do Brown? what everybody what else does? See, everybody else comes out in cheap clothes. I thought I'd do something different. And the best is that Johnny's just laying back and he's letting it go, which is so, that's what makes him kind of great. And Barbara Bach is sitting right next to them. And Chevy's been hitting on her all night. You can't blame him. She's stunning. I like it. Just for the record, I think he's a fine young comedian. I think he's going to go a long way. For the record, you don't matter. I can't go head to head with that. Boy, it's nice to be locked into a secure job. And not have to really do good. You're here on a, this is a bizarre night. This is a great show. Crazy night here. I know. Are you sorry you didn't get the the show, Charlie's Angel? I didn't ask you that. Well, I'm only sorry I didn't get it because the reason I wanted it was I moved to L.A. around two years ago. Yeah. And I've been working in Europe back and forth, back and forth, and I have two great kids. Right. And I wanted to work in L.A. Right. And I would have. But it didn't devastate you that you didn't No, I'm leaving on the 15th. Hi. Where are you going to do a... To do a film. Do a film in Europe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a lovely young girl. Thank you. You're quite really nice are. yourself. Thank you. See, little, little patience is the way, Jimmy. You can't make big moves. You have to, you have to move in quiet. have to move in quietly. Move in quietly, right? Right. Well, you still haven't scored. <laughs> Not that you know of. Gallagher sucks. I love Johnny. It's good television tonight. I like this when things start to go <laughs> bananas. As a consolation prize for not getting, even though you're not devastated. I thought this was my consolation prize, oh, no, actually. No. Here's your consolation prize. How could he have possibly pulled out the major audience go so crazy? Well, uh, well, I have it in my car. <laughs> what could it have been? Well, I'll tell you what it was. I think it must have been 78. It was a can of gasoline. That's how bad everything was back then. Giving a can of gasoline to a guest was a good... I mean, he was a joke, but... Yeah, it's so funny. That's when uh, we used to have to wait online for gasoline, just like in Houston when I see those things and I see the lines. I remember as a kid waiting in line, you had to do uh, different days if you had odd plates or even plates. And you had to wait online. I had to wait online with my mother to get gas. That was terrifying if you think about it. Just being a little kid. Seems like whenever you're able to wait online for stuff like that, it can always get out of control and get scary. It's like in the movies. I can't believe um, that happened. Certainly can happen again. It's pretty scary in that sense, I suppose. Um, that's why sometimes I just sing like a little song. on it. We 
know that love the only way because the love the oh Monsieur love <laughs> oh I don't know what can I say that makes me laugh every time now let's take a look at what's a couple of the headlines I had ripped out just in case we did another podcast did you know that Jay Thomas died. Do you know who that is? I didn't. I couldn't believe it when I just saw it in the paper. Like, it was nothing. He was only 69. And that guy, he was in everything. He was uh, on Howard 101 every Friday. It's kind of weird. Um, and, of course, he played Carla's boyfriend in Cheers, Eddie LeBeck. But I guess, I'm just trying to remember, he was in everything. He was in Mork and Mindy. I'm this off the top of my head. He was in Mork and Mindy. He was in, of course, Murphy Brown. I guess the reason I found out about it because people used to think we looked alike very much, and certainly I would have enjoyed that career. Uh, he did say that he's remembered because he was on the Letterman show talking about how he met um, the Lone Ranger or something, and the Lone Ranger needed a lift or something like that. It's just weird that he's dead. Um, of course, he, he always talked about he got kicked off Cheers because you know, because uh, Carl is so disgusting. You know, I watch a lot of Cheers. I like watching it when I'm eating on Netflix. I'll watch it. And she makes me sick. Uh, Rhea Perlman, her character makes me sick. Uh, just thinking of her makes me sick. And apparently she didn't like having a boyfriend because he was taken away from her character. So that makes her a douchebag as well. And he would always just say, like, can you imagine that's real acting? I had to, like, make out with her, like, which is disgusting. I mean, just disgusting. She's like a horrible human being. So, um, yeah, Jay Thomas, he... I don't know if he was that great a guy or anything, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. He's just dead. I don't know where, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just see how he died. Uh, complications of cancer. And he was a DJ all the, you know, up until the end. And then I just realized that, that some idiot hired, Fox hired Michael Vick as a football analyst. Are you joking? What the fuck is the matter with you? Why would anybody hire this douchebag? There's got to be plenty of people that know about football. You don't need to hire Michael Vick. I don't understand that reasoning. We got to do something to get rid of this guy. This guy, he just needs to be wiped off the face of the planet. He's a bag of shit. Michael Vick needs to go. And I cannot believe they have the nerve to put him on Fox. I mean, somebody's got to... You think Donald Trump is problematic... Let's get this guy. Let's switch our gears to getting rid of this man and just putting him. I know he was in prison, but just put him away somewhere. Send him to another country. Let's concentrate on getting rid of Michael Vick as an American and, 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 and stop the, the Donald Trump stuff. And let's concentrate on a real proven douchebag who's a horrible, horrible human being. We don't, you know, Donald Trump, you may not like him, you may not love him, or you may hate him, but he hasn't really done anything yet. He hasn't done anything yet. He keeps saying he's going to do a bunch of stuff. He hasn't done anything yet. This guy, Michael Vick, has done stuff that's really bad. Did he pay for his crimes? Yes, he spent time in jail, but it ain't enough. It ain't enough. The What he did to animals and to dogs, and you know that I love my cat, he's an asshole. And he should not be rewarded by being on Fox. It, this sucks. I don't understand how this happened. Also, and then the, and then the it's, Fox, they're just like the worst place. They got rid of Pete Rose. What's the, oh, oh, well, he got accused. Oh, well, actually, that's a pretty good reason. Uh, a woman accused him last month of having sex with her when she was a minor. So they just got rid of him. You know, he accused her. He's not convicted or anything she accused you know who knows who knows uh apparently she was 45 it happened in 73 and he got accused and they didn't stand behind him and i liked pete rose on fox see there's a guy i liked on fox you know he's had a bad time he came back and he wears that funny bow tie and he has good insight because he's obviously insane and he was good on the world series and the also game now they got rid of that guy and they picked up michael fix instead so you're letting this guy go who was accused of a, a, a sexual relationship with this 14 or 15 year old uh, that la apparently when she was 14 that lasted several years. Uh, so, I, you know, and then this girl's coming out and say something. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. But, but what Michael Vick did, I feel is worse. And this was in 73. I don't know. 
Am I wrong? I don't know. Get rid of both of them then. What are you picking up Michael Vick for if you're so if you're so serious and he's just been alleged? It's not even you know it's not even proven or anything. You're you just dump him right away, but you pick up this guy who used to shoot dogs in the face. What the fuck is the matter with you? Fox sucks, and I hate their coverage anyway. I don't like when uh, the games are on Fox. I prefer when they're on CBS. Now I bet you now we got rid of Phil Simms, so there could be no complaints, and Tony Romo's going to bring it. And I like that other guy who uh, does the golf. Oh, yeah, and then we were talking about Michael Moore's got a new show on Broadway. I can't decide whether I'm going to see it or not. I mean, it could be interesting. I knew he was going to make fun of uh, Trump and everything, but whatever. Yeah. Hey, there's something else. They got a picture of the guy who uh, played that little kid in Close Encounters and what he looks like now. He looks horrible. Hey, he's such a cute kid. Now he's disgusting. Whatever. Who cares? You know what I always say to that? Now, Ian, man, no nonsense. You sit there and don't move. Yeah. I found your dog. Now, how about my 5,000 bucks? No, that's not our dog. Ours was a talking dog. Uh, it's the talking dog. Uh, that's silly. If he could talk, I'd keep him myself. Well, fat boy, you got yourself a dog. Hey-o! <laughs> that's what I always say to that. Well, fat boy, you got yourself a dog. Well, fat boy, here we are, Labor Day, the start of a new season, the start of a new year in the Jewish calendar. But like I said, Dave Juskow feels, and not because I'm Jewish, I just feel this is the start of the new year, September for me. It's always beautiful outside, just like on September 11th, the bluest sky I'd ever seen. I don't know what happened. I woke up in such a great mood that day. So let's see. We got a busy September. We got Greece happening next week. Hopefully it'll go according to plan. You can uh, listen to me on the Judy Gold podcast. I also did Lenny Marcus's new podcast. Uh, the Tuesday previous. I don't know when that's coming out. I think he's going to be on Riotcast. And, um, you know, then uh, got the football game, the uh, Giants game on Monday, September 18th. I'll be in the parking lot tailgating. You can come and join me. I'm definitely going to do that because that'll be after the show so I can drink again. And then uh, going to L.A. sometime in the month. I guess, I don't know, we'll see what happens after that. Let's see if things turn around. Listen, hey, listen. By the way, I think that's the opening I'm going to do. I'm definitely going to do the Damone. I'm going to do the Damone, I'm going to do the Rocky. What, what else do I have, you know? Until I can completely regroup in what I need to do with my uh, career of some sort or stand up or whatever it is. I don't know. I got to figure something out, right? I don't know, maybe I should write a book or something. Or maybe we got to do some more of those Vegas shows. I really don't know what I'm talking about or doing. Very confused. I'm very confused. i got to find my place in the world. I don't feel like I belong. So I need to work on that. But it is the best time of the year. I won some money at college football last week, which was brilliant. And next week, you know, my weekends are all ruined again. That's why I feel like I didn't take advantage of this Sunday. My last Sunday as a human being, because then I go crazy on Sundays, you know, afraid to leave, afraid I'm going to miss something, but I'm going to still try and plan on leaving the house and going to dinner with somebody every Sunday. That is my plan. We'll see how it works out. We'll see. Let's see how September goes, and then we'll figure out October and November. And I mean, really, September goes so fast, right? And then it's October, and all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving. Fall goes so fast. That's what makes football so brilliant. But the fall is a good time. Let's try and make something happen by Christmas, huh? I feel like we're already at January 1st already. Look, I, I already moved the calendar. It goes so fast, but it is a great time of the year. Fall in New York City, everybody. It's the best. And don't worry. It's going to be a great 2017 fall everywhere in the United States. Because this is a great country and the best place to live on the planet. I'll see you next week after, yes, after Greece at the Comedy Cellar, September 12th, starring me, 
Judy Gold, Mateo Lane, Rachel Feinstein, Little Lenny Marcus, and who else? I don't know. Um, who else are we talking about? Well, who did I forget? I forgot. Oh, and Russ Maneev, of course, as Kanicki. And I said Rachel Feinstein already. I'm just trying to think who else we forgot. So anyway, that's the story. Grease Live. So then the Wednesday after, we'll talk about that. And then I'll play you over the airwaves our version of Grease, which will hopefully be a major success. And then we'll go into Love Actually on December 19th. We will see you next week on the podcast. See you later, everybody. Have a great holiday. I hope you had a great holiday. And have a great beginning of your fall. Good night, everybody. Turn the